Welcome to Trauma Talk. This program encourages you to do a mental assessment of any trauma you have experienced and help you become proactive in your own personal healing and thereby create a better world for you and your loved ones to live and thrive in. Now, here is the host of Trauma Talk, Ezrina Rose Scott. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Trauma Talk. Joining me today is the wonderful Ward Willison. He is a registered acupuncturist and is the owner of All Body Care in Kelowna. Hello, Ward. How are you today? I'm great, Ezrina. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on the show. So today's title or topic is about how trauma impacts our emotional system and internal organs and how acupuncture can help move distress energy through and out of the body. Um, what, what would you like to say to that just briefly before we get, get into the show? Oriental medicine, Chinese medicine looks at the human experience from a completely different perspective than most of us are used to. And what I tell a lot of clients, if your problems aren't getting solved in the Western thought process or the allopathic thought process, you need to look at other processes. There, there's a whole world of thought about emotions in uh, India, China, Japan, Buddhism, Taoism, Confucianism. And they do provide solutions to certain situations that are are very useful, very functional. They've held up to scrutiny for a long period of time. If you look into uh, recently, a very famous thing is the U.S. military is using acupuncture for PTSD treatments. Hmm. And remarkably, there, there are some needles in the ear. And like I tell people, you may or may not believe in oriental medicine, but if the army's using it, someone's had to prove it to somebody because they're not uh, generally a fluffy bunch of folks there. Mm-hmm. And there is an enormous uh, movement of that in uh, trauma circles around the world is using uh, acupuncture, um, NADA protocol, battlefield acupuncture, it's called. And it's, it's, I've done it for more than 20 years on people, and it's quite fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Um, so my understanding of your history is that you you've had about <laughs> 25 years of being mm, traumatized. Yeah. So let's start there. Share with us your personal experience with trauma. So I know that when uh, when I was in the hospital and I had to give a complete medical history one time for all my fractures and this and that. I'm pretty sure they were ready to take me to the morgue. <laughs> but you know, uh, I was thinking about this talk, and three that might be useful for this talk was um, my dad was in the bank. In the old days, if you got promoted in the bank, it means you moved. So we moved seven times in my first nine years of life. Is that traumatic? Yeah, you you, you make a friend, and then next thing you move away, and there's no. It's very difficult, I think, for a young person to understand you're moving because dad is doing something better. Right. You, you have, I have all these great little friends and then all of a sudden we're in a different province or we're far away. And, um, and it just, it was very difficult in my experience to, well, by the time I hit grade four, I just quit making friends because we're moving again. Because the loss of a relationship had a traumatic impact. Yeah, it was so much fun, all those little guys. We were having great times, cowboys and Indians and all those things, you know, back in the day. And uh, then we're in a different province. And, you know, I think that the young people are very friendly. You know, I think this is a, I call that a first world problem. Uh, But it was uh, very traumatic for me. Uh, I know that when I moved to my last 
town here. And the dad eventually quit the bank. We would have moved again in two years. Um, that it was, I found it very difficult to attach to people and, and get into clubs and whatnot. And that took a long, long time. And I think that's a very important word is attach and attachment. And uh, the next episode, we'll actually be talking about attachment. Okay, so. Uh, a very pivotal injury I had was I, I ripped my scapula off my back one year in a freak accident. And in those days, you didn't move the arm. And that made the fibers all grow together which froze that arm solid. And the medical doctors, they said I wouldn't use it again. I'd never lift it above my head again. Boy, were they wrong. Oh, yeah, they were wrong. But it, it, it was tough. There was a very uh, excellent physiotherapist who's retired now, Art Fraser and, and Bill Locke. Those two fellas, they looked at me and said, no, no, we can fix that. And I was like, well, how are you going to do that? The doctor says it's never going to move again. He goes, well, don't worry about that part. Just do what we say. And it took a year. A uh, very painful therapy. Um, and they started with gentle therapy and gentle therapy. And eventually, it just got to a point where we put it onto a sling and we hoisted it above me. And that took about six months of, of terrible pain. But it works really good now. And the thing that that taught me that's changed my life forever was doctors aren't always right. They often are, but they aren't always right on, on those long-term diagnoses. And that uh, really, really has stuck with me for my life. In, in so many things, the, the banker might not be right, the butcher might not be right, the, the, the school teacher might not be right about you. They might not be right. And, and I was lucky to meet those two physios that, that uh, were just, they're super casual about it. Like, no, no, we got this, we got this. And you're just, I'm just looking at these guys going, you guys are nuts. Like, it's broken forever. No, it's not. And, uh, the, and I come across this um, experience a lot at work. Because what happened, you know, in those times, I mean, I've been in lots of uh, physical confrontations. I've had a lot of uh, violence in my past. Um, Share a little bit of that. I know there's been gunfights. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Come on, here's, here's the drama here. Yeah, everybody is like, they, they just don't want to talk to me. Because I'm a little calmer now. Um, <laughs> a little less. I spent a lot of years overseas. And I'm a very tall, skinny-looking fella. And... I've been involved in um, uh, riots, knife fights, gunfights, uh, police actions, hostage taking, military assaults, um, wow. and it—it—it's just it, it. Over a long period of, it sounds like a lot when you say it close together, but over a long period of time, it was—it was, it, and they all have interesting stories. Like, you know, we're in a foreign country, and somebody thinks that they should have my wallet, and they pull a tool out to encourage me to give that to them, and I have spent a very long time in martial arts. I got picked on a lot as a kid, so I'm pretty handy with my hands and feet, and I convinced him that he shouldn't be doing that, and nobody died. It was great, but uh, it's terrifying. I mean, it's it's terrifying to see, but the thing that pushed me over the edge was I got hit by a drinking driver, and uh, I'm in a hospital in Victoria, and the doctors are all looking down. They're not you know, why are you still alive? We don't think you'll walk again. We don't think you can talk. And for sure, I... Well, what a w- wonderful bedside manner they had. <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty ca- crazy. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty crazy day. Um, you know, I, I did an internship at the... Uh, I've worked at a cancer clinic for a long time and with medical doctors. And Well, the, the, I did an internship at a, at a cancer facility with Western medical doctors for a while. And I've really changed my opinion on Western doctors. You know, those people, are, those men and women in, are under stress loading, trauma loading that we're never going to understand. I, mm. I've had uh, 
well, I even had what's called an iotrogenic event. I was, uh, through my martial arts, my nose got punched more than once. It didn't work anymore. I couldn't breathe. Okay. So I had a, a nose operation to open my nose. Yeah. The doctor made an error, and I, um, uh, the, the gauze went into my lungs in the post-op. Oh, my god! And it uh, seized my lungs and stopped my heart, and I died. So this is serial trauma we're talking about, well, one thing after you know, another. People will, comp- like, I was pretty upset with that doctor for a while, but, you know, they're doing things that are pretty remarkable, and, yeah. you know, it's pretty tough. Uh, so, I mean, yes, when I first, well, actually... When those doctors told me I wouldn't walk again back in, well, I was 21, so it was back in the 90s somewhere, I was just looking up at those guys wondering who they were talking to, because I just thought back to Art and Bill and thinking, oh, I'm just going to get up, but it, it was uh, it was really ugly. Like that took, uh, that was five and a half years of uh, daily, daily screaming, horrible pain and uh, falling, and I had a lot of, lot, of, lot of real problems there. And was it your willpower to to not let that be true that helped you? Nobody's going to go through something like that and survive it intact. Like I've I've spent a lot of time with people in wheelchairs and incomplete complete quadriplegics, uh, amputees. You know, I've I've done my share of working with trauma people, and being one of them. Um, and willpower, sure, luck, sure. Uh, I honest, I, I normally tell people that it was just a brain injury. I think I was just dumb. And uh, just, just, I just would get up, I'd go to therapy all day, I'd go home, I'd go to bed, I'd get up, I'd go to therapy. It was kind of like oh, Forrest okay. Gump. And I just, I just kept going because there's nothing else to do. You know, it's for sure some people are unlucky. Like, I mean, I know people, even in my own family, have been trauma. I mean, my cousin has car crash and it kind of went sideways and he uh, spiraled into a life of uh, drugs and alcohol that just about took him. Mm. And fortunately, he recovered from that. And, you know, I just, I personally don't drink. Uh, I don't do any drugs. I've taken a wheelbarrow as a pain medication for sure. And, you know, I don't have addictive problems there, I guess. But uh, the will, I just thought I could get better. Oh, so the belief that you could, that the belief in the possibility of healing. I didn't think there was an option. Oh, interesting. Like, I, I, it was horrible. <laughs> My life was horrible. And uh, I wasn't interested in maintaining that. For sure, I had complete meltdowns. There's, I mean, I can think of a few times. I think of a time with my father and my dad said something just off the cuff. In those days, I was walking with two canes. And, you know, he didn't mean anything by it. And I lost my potatoes, man. I lost my cool. So do you think that you lost your uh, potatoes? Yeah, that's the medical term. <laughs> Very official. Um, do you think you lost your temper because... Of the distress energy that was stored in your body, the trauma stress. Sure. You know, pain, trauma, stress, uh, you know, there's a million ways to talk about it. it it's, it's a material. Like, it's, 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 there's, there's chemistry there. You know, when you're feeling distress, you have a change in your body's chemistry. That chemistry is going to express or depress. Uh, uh, yeah. As it depresses, eventually it'll make such a volume. Yeah. Of, of that. It takes over. It runs you. You don't run it. Right. And people will say, I can control this and I can control that. This is a bunch of hogwash. I mean, you go have 10 beer and tell yourself you're not drunk. Don't sleep for a week and tell yourself you're not tired. I mean, it, it's going to get you. It's what got me. So this distress energy that uh, accumulated in your body, how did it fe- affect you mentally? Mentally, you know, looking back, 
I was an incredibly angry person. I did a lot of things that would have been self-sabotaging unknowingly. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, brain science now, you know, I studied Chinese, oriental and Chinese medicines for, for a long, long time. And we don't have these things in Chinese medicine. This doesn't exist. But in when, before I was into Chinese medicine, I was in Western brain sciences because I was trying to figure out how to, how to help my brain. And neuroscience tells us a lot of things now. And, you know, when, when a person, when I had the similar thoughts over and over and over, it would, it would stimulate a certain part of my brain over and over and over. And that part of my brain is going to release hormones that are going to go through my body and do things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it can be very difficult to break out of that cycle. I, I think I was incredibly lucky. Um, you know, my Kung Fu teacher... Uh, James Heinrich, Sifu James Heinrich. I mean, he changed my life. Uh, you know, I have a few, you know, a half a dozen or a dozen people that have changed my life in a manner that is impossible to thank them or, you know, to gratify them enough. But uh, Sifu James, he took me and another fellow to a brain gym course, which is a type of ed- uh, specialized kinesiology, and it's used primarily in uh, learning disabilities. Mm. And in that course, they, I was still pretty messed up. This is five and a half years after my accident. And um, I'm in the course and my left ear was fused to my left shoulder. You couldn't get that thing apart for nothing. Ten men couldn't pull my arm and my shoulder apart or my head and my shoulder apart. Like they were, physically? They were just they're, like that. They're just wow, completely, my ear touched my shoulder for five and a half years. Wow. There's one episode where it didn't, but that was a, that was a dark moment. But um, so we're at this course. And um, this, this woman, Cindy Nibs, comes up and says, do you mind if we fix your neck? And I said an expurlative to her. And um, my mentor, James, he gave me some physical motivation to change my tone. And I said, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, what did you say? And they said, we'd like to fix your neck. Well, you have to keep in mind, I went to therapy eight hours a day for a year. Wow. Right? I went to therapy six hours a day, three days a week for the next year. I'd flown to Australia, Hawaii, California, Alberta, BC. I'd been to a dozen spine people. I'd been to I don't know how many chiropractic massage. I'd been to folks. And here I am at uh, Salmon Arm, British Columbia, at a Holiday Inn. And these, I don't want to, this, well, I'll just tell you how, how my mind was in those days. These housewives were going to fix me. I thought, you must be bananas. Fortunately, my Kung Fu instructor, he said, you're out of luck, kid. And I said, sure, why don't you try that? And as crazy as it sounds, three and a half minutes later, I was completely cured, never felt pain again. And this is what I do this for now. I and, know. It's, and you know, what method did they use? Well, <laughs> who knows? It was oh, a combination okay. of an emotional stress release, a postural stress release, right. and something called spindle cell apparatus. Wow. So they put me in the position of my car accident. They reproduced the car accident by sound and emotion, and then they worked on my muscles. I had the strangest fleeting experience of wild terror. I shook for about five seconds, and I stood up, and everything was better. Because your body released it. Yeah, back in those days, I was so shocked. I didn't even know how to speak. I was so, I just looked at them, hugged them, kissed them, thanked them, still friends with all of them. Wow. And I've never stopped training. Wow. Crazy story. Yeah, amazing but, story. Um, and there really are infinite possibilities. Even if people tell us, even if experts tell us, you know, we'll never get better, we'll never walk again, or what have you, um, there is possibilities beyond that, right? And you're, you're proof of that. The, the thing I tell clients 
if the people you're talking to say there's nothing you can do, what they're really telling you is there's nothing they know how to do. Correct, yes. For sure, some things are broken. For sure, we're all going to die. For sure, almost everything can be improved. Even, I mean, I spent eight years in a cancer facility where everyone was dying. And those people did die, but they're less pain. They're more clear. They finish their relationships with their family or friends. They come to completeness. They realize their divinity. Lots of interesting things can happen. But there are going to be tough circumstances. And, and you need some luck. You need some luck. You need some good people. You need an attitude to keep going. And your attitude served you well. Yes. Yeah. And emotionally, um, did you were you able to release the emotions from that accumulated trauma? Like, how did how did the emotions build up for you? How did you release them? How did that turn out for you? At that particular car accident in the course. Um, just over the years with the serial traumas. There's a lot of chemistry in there, and you know, I think that. Uh, most of us would be wise to be treating our emotional, spiritual, uh, uh, mental, emotional, spiritual health pretty much always, like like mm-hmm. we like we have showers. You know, I think that there's uh, limitless ways to find that chemistry in us, and limitless ways to get it out. And um, I continue to work at it. There's no question. I'm still have trauma. Uh, it it shapes. You know, the environment shapes the character. When the storms come out, you see the character. You know, so there's still work to do, obviously. Or I think there's still work to do. I think there's still work for all of us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the better a person facilitates their emotions, you know, like my daughter wants to pedal bike to school and then she doesn't want to pedal bike to school, the easier I can process the fact that she's a young person trying to just find her way and not be the authoritarian dad, the quicker. And that's emotional processing. Mm-hmm. So it's just a skill I try to build up like, like all my skills. Okay. Very interesting, Ward. Thank you for sharing all that. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a few moments. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Visit Ezrina.ca for information about counseling and body healing services. Ezrina is a master's therapeutic counselor registered with the Association of Cooperative Counseling Therapists of Canada. She has 10 years of counseling experience. She will work both in her office as well as via Skype or will travel to your area through her workshops. You can even schedule a session online. These sessions are one hour or 90 minutes long. Visit Ezrina.ca. Again, that's Ezrina.ca. Ezrina Rose Scott conducts several workshops every year, and she can bring them to you wherever you are. Visit Ezrina.ca or call 250-212-5596 for more information. Ezrina is an Access Consciousness Practitioner. Her popular workshops include Access Consciousness, The Bars, as well as workshops on money, body, and relationships. Ezrina's workshops can help you get unstuck and move forward in your life. Find out more or bring a friend along. Visit Ezrina.ca for more information or call 250-212-5596. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world.
You are listening to Trauma Talk with Ezrina Rose Scott. To reach our program today, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, you can send it to Ezrina at Ezrina.ca. Now, let's return to Trauma Talk. Hello, welcome back to Trauma Talk. Um, here with me is Ward Willison from All Body Care in Kelowna. And Ward, you were just sharing with us um, a series of traumatic incidents that you experienced in the first 25 years of your life. And uh, were any of these experiences, did they help uh, shape you in the choices that you made in getting uh, some training in kinesiology and Chinese medicine and acupuncture? Yes, of course. Um, you know, I was saying um, your environment will shape the character. In calmness, that character will be hidden, but in storms, it'll be revealed. So, when a, when trauma hits, it it, um, it bends a person's soul, spirit, body, and because, for example, because I limped for so many years, or I'd fall down for so many years, or I'd be paralyzed for so many years, or I'd stutter for so many years. I have, um, you know, I've, I've taken you know, sign language courses and I've taken how to move a wheelchair person to the toilet. You know, back in the old days, there was no, you know, when I was in a wheelchair, there was no wheelchair doors in a bathroom. There was no easy access. There was no handicapped parking, you know. So all of these things have shaped me and how I look forward. The, you know, the, when I became well or when I was magically healed, as I would call it, I was, it, it was, it was just such an odd experience. You know, I'm, I, I don't, I, the only way I ever describe it to people, I say, look, I'm not super religious or not religious, but I always say it was like, God touched me on the forehead and said, one more chance for you, kid, don't mess it up this time. Wow. Because it was like the difference <laughs> from, you know, 1230 to 1234 in my life of that day was so crazy for the pain and the mobility and just, I just couldn't believe it. I was just. Wherever those people, Cindy Nibs, she still teaches courses in Alberta to this day, and I, we still communicate and whatnot. And I would just, um, wherever they had a course, I'd go. Well, I didn't realize they live in Alberta, so my next course was in some little Rimby, Alberta, and, and it was on horses. They actually, they actually worked on the rodeo circuit. It was what their their gig was. They would do what they did to me on cowboys on a small town rodeo circuit in Alberta. Oh. So then I went and spent a couple of years working. Uh, well, eventually I lived in their basement. Like I was sleeping in my car out front of their house. Like it was crazy. I was like a stalker. I just couldn't learn enough about this stuff, you know. And um, so eventually I worked with them on this rodeo circuit. Now, my previous life, I was working in America in, in uh, purchasing and exporting for a cruise ship line. And uh, so we'll go from downtown Miami, Florida to the smallest rural Alberta village you can think of with cowboys. And we're doing uh, light touch therapies, you know, uh, holding techniques and emotional balances and all these sort of things on cowboys. And they'd look at me like I'd come from Pluto. First off, I didn't dress like them or talk like them. And uh, I'd always say the same. Look, do you want to get better? Great. Shut up and lay down. Because I don't believe this works either. Look, I know they fixed me, but that could have just been luck. So fortunately, my old career paid a lot. So I could afford to go to courses. And I went to courses, you know, three or four a week for, for a long time, for years and years and years. And now with the internet and internet learning, 
I'm looking at something every day educationally. And the more you look into it, the more you realize I'm taking a spoon to the ocean trying to scoop in some water. I mean, there's just so much there's knowledge so out there. so much out there, yeah. And the, the ways of looking at it. So, uh, you know, I'm lucky that I spent a fair bit of time in Western therapy and I spent a, quite a lot of time in Asian therapy now. And they just don't look at it the same. There's a lot of people who try to talk about how, you know, chi or jing or yin or yang mm-hmm. and all these things mean this. It's Chinese to me. They don't mean this. They are complicated things. Like the concept of chi, this energy, the easiest way to think about this is it's air in your blood. So when you breathe in air, it goes in your blood and that keeps you alive. That's mostly the chi we're talking about. There's probably a hundred kinds of chi that I could list off. But that's what we mostly talk about. When we talk about your chi, how is your chi, your chi, you know, you're feeling depressed, you have depressed chi, you're feeling elated, you have elated chi, you're, you're hungry, you have hungry chi. Oh, we're really okay. talking about the air in your blood vessels. Now, there's different kinds of chi. Any Chinese doctor, acupuncturist, like, oh, that's not how you should say it. There's a saying in Chinese medicine, how many acupuncturists does it take to put a needle into somebody? And the answer is one. The other 40,000 acupuncturists say, that's not how my teacher taught me. <laughs> so I agree. Well, we're, you know, when I talk about Chinese medicine, it's a very narrow slice of my little perspective. So it's, there's, it's a big, big topic, you know. But um, my injuries motivated me to take a lot of training. Like I was and Western and Eastern, you know, like back pain. I go to a guy named Stuart McGill, and anybody in the therapy world knows who Stuart McGill is, a very famous spine physiologist. And, yeah, because um, you broke your back a couple I've of times. I have eight spinal fractures. Wow. Yeah, it's a ton. You're a walking miracle ward. Yeah, um, I have, I've been very bl- lucky to have good people and, and uh, good therapy people. And, and you know, like I, have, I have been to a whack of trauma therapists, you know, <laughs> I have held people as they died in my arms from violence, and I lost my potatoes, man. It was brutal. I had nightmares for years about that. And then I went to a trauma therapist, and poof, it all goes away. Mm-hmm. But funny enough, I didn't think about that, because shortly after that, I was when I broke my, well, that's when I hurt my shoulder. So, I mean, I didn't find that experience very significant. I mean, the trauma of that. But, you know, how people experience traumas, you know, some people... Uh, like my teacher is my acupuncture teacher Elizabeth is from uh, Africa and she was in war at 13 years old dead people don't really bother her she doesn't really freak out about death and dying it's just something she's so used to and people say oh she's she's uh, pushing her trauma down no that's just how it is in Africa that's just how it rolls in some of those places you expect if you make it to tonight you were very lucky you could die <clears throat> any moment and then other people like me I hate dead people oh I just hate being around dead people drives me bananas and they said well you need trauma therapy no i just don't like it like i also don't like uh, i don't like raisins i mean you know people are just different the raisins are traumatic raisins are very traumatic <laughs> and i think it's my uncle doug but um so you know i i went to well i got into chinese medicine just by happenstance you know i was going to be a kinesiologist um uh, for sure you know i was working with some very well-known kinesiologists you know and um, <clears throat> we we're getting great results. Everything was good. And then one day I was training with a, uh, a group therapist counselor. So I was taking, I was uh, shadowing a guy who's passed on now, but a brilliant group therapist uh, facilitator. The guy was amazing. And I was following him for maybe a year. And then he introduced me to this, my teacher, my little African teacher. Your little Elizabeth. My little Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. 
And um, she, she looked at me and said, hey, I need an apprentice. You're it. And I said, I don't know what you do. And I said, I do acupuncture. And I said, I don't know what that is. He goes, that's okay, honey. We start tomorrow at 1030. Aww. And that was 20 years ago. And, and it's hard to understand. But, you know, that woman is, you know, she's 50 years in continuous practice. She had a hospital in Spain where she'd do 50 people a day. In the acupuncture land, that's, that's heavy sledding when you consider they were all terminally ill. Wow. She's only ever spent her time around these people. So, you know, I've spent the last 20 years with a lady who spent 50 years with people who are all have something very serious. And, and I've asked her before about emotions, and I say, why don't we just do counseling? She goes, sometimes you need to make them poo or you need to make them eat. You, you know, sometimes not everything is solved with talk therapy. Not everything is solved with body therapy. Not everything is solved with herbs. Not everything is solved with medication. Not everything is solved with surgeries. Not everything is solved by the priest. Not everything is solved by the bottle. But in amongst that is solutions. And if we can all work together and provide our piece of the puzzle, we can create miracles. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, I've been very lucky growing up with my teachers. So when I did the two years in Alberta with Cindy and Brian, they, they had a lot of people working there. And then with my teacher, we've had she has a, a facility where lots of people work. So I've always been used to... Well, even in my own experience, you know, the physio, the chiro, the massage, the naturopath, the, the therapist, the medical doctor, the spinal therapist, uh, rehab, the OT, you know, my martial art instructor, my trainer, you know, I'm very used to, to uh, moving with people. So I got to have a, a, a big Rolodex. You know, we, we were talking about some of your guests and, and, and uh, I didn't know Colin, but I looked him up, you know, but the rest I, I've known and referred people, referred to them, you mm-hmm. know, and. And as you go along in your career, as I go along in my career, I, of course, I fail. I, I have clients that I don't make, I don't help get well uh, for a variety of reasons. And I, I just, it's no problem. I just have a card where I say, here's the next step. And, you know, I, I tell people when I send them even to you, I say, you know, I've sent you, Azrina, yes. some people that have had train wrecks <laughs> that make my little pathetic trouble seem very simple. Really? Oh, yeah. I've I sent yeah, you some, some tough, of them are dramatic. Some pretty yeah. tough folks. Yeah. And, but Chinese medicine offers perspective that we don't have in the West. And that is your emotions belong to organs. Yes, yes. Tell me more about this. It is. This is fascinating. It is super cool. And like, so we play this game. My teacher and I play this game where we look at someone, we say, what do they have game? Just by looking at them oh, first. Oh, yeah. Okay. She'll tell awesome. you, she'll tell you, you know, a person carries their life on a billboard above their head, you just have to look. And it's not metaphysical at all. It's how, like if you look at me, my left shoulder is higher, my right ear is lower. That's because my neck has been broken. I have a twist in my torso. That's because my entire spine was rotated. You know, I've yep. broken my hips. I've broken my legs. I've broken my arms. I've cracked my face in half, blah, blah, blah. And if you know what you're looking at, you can see it from a mile away. Interesting. So when you have these things, you adopt personalities. You ever seen two old people walk together? Yes. They look the same. Yeah. Like they've been married for a long time, look the same. And but sometimes only, even the dogs, they all right. look. <laughs> but only one has a hip replacement. Why does the other one walk that way? Because your postures can adopt your emotions. Your emotions can adopt your postures. There's a very famous, remember Charlie Brown? Yes. And Charlie Brown asked, I don't know, who was the sad one? And it said, you know, why do you. Yeah, whoever oh. was a sad one. Okay. And he said, why do you have your shoulders down, your head down, you know, your chest compressed, and your knees bent? Otherwise, I couldn't be depressed. You know, depression is a posture to some degree. Like, right. you know, when I was in pain, I took a lot of Buddhist pain studies. I'm not a 
Buddhist, but they look at pain very interestingly. And one of the things they'll, they'll, they'll say, which I just forgot, so I'll have to move on. <laughs> I'm having a Buddhist <laughs> moment. I got so in the moment I forgot. It cleared. Say. Cleared. But so anyway, so, so people will tell me, hey, my brother-in-law has colon cancer. And I'll say to them, how long has your brother been stubborn for? And what kind of angers do we harbor? And they'll say, how long have you known him? Never met him. They'll say, how did you know that? And I'll say, well, I don't know that. I asked, actually. But generally speaking, if we have those things, without some other physical trauma, they'll have that emotion. You know, it's, it's super fascinating uh, with my teacher, uh, my acupuncture teacher, because I've seen so many cancer patients. And it's just time after time after time, um, I have um, elbow cancer. I have cancer in the bone of my elbow. I don't. The, the, you know, the person has cancer right. in their elbow. And you ask them, have you really been stuck in your life for a long time? Like, have you really had a hard time to move forward? And they're like, yeah, man, I've been thinking about this problem for 100 years. Well, tell me about the problem. Um, you know, there, there's a really famous story that we have. And, of course, people do still pass. Like, Don't get me wrong. If, if you have cancer and it's not going well, I love you and I wish you the very best and I hope the best for you, you're not, not doing it right Okay, your, your, your death is not a failure. And I don't want people to think that, hey, I didn't get better because I didn't use my emotions. That's not true. If you have asbestos cancer, you're in big trouble. You know, if you've been exposed to sprays or, or, or many things, right. you know, so I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying you're not doing a good job, folks. You're doing, if you're in pain, if you're struggling, you're a rock star. You're doing the best you got. And and, and keep on keeping on. That's yeah. what I got to tell you. So I don't I really, really... Because I've been the guy on the chair where the shrink says, you're the problem here. And I, and I just, all I could do not to break that dude's neck. Yes. You yeah. know, I don't need one more person pooing on me, folks. You know, so I don't want, I, please don't hear that. But um, just as a conversation, um, you know, uh, pancreatic cancer, it's a very difficult cancer. Mm-hmm. And I've seen uh, two people recover from it in my 22 years. <clears throat> And the, the interesting one was this very attractive, very handsome 70-something-year-old gentleman. I changed some of the stats, but anyway, he lives far away. <laughs> he had a tumor coming out of his stomach the size of a softball, a grapefruit. Like, you could see this lump in his stomach. It was massive. Wow. And he had a stent, and he was, he was terminally ill. I mean, he was going to die. And we got him, and uh, my teacher got him. I was, you know, he's so far out of my pay grade. But uh, my teacher got him, and eventually over long, you know, days and days and days of conversation, we come to the realization his wife passed away. He was very saddened, and um, he still has certain uh, humanly thoughts of, of uh, companionship, but that was adultery to him, and he just was absolutely not crossing that border, like wow. not. So even though his wife died, he couldn't Four see years himself previous, in another not a relationship. Chance. Oh, not a relationship. He wouldn't go for coffee with people. Wow. Because that was just, that was not, not on. He was that committed and loyal. And, and why not? Eh? I mean, that's a beautiful story. So eventually my wife convinced him, or my wife, my uh, teacher convinced him, if he went for coffee with a woman and they didn't touch, that wouldn't constitute sex and he wouldn't have done adultery. And he looks at my teacher and says, you mean to tell me I can go for coffee and I won't go to hell for a sinner? Wow. And she says, no. Well, I'll be. And that was one of my top 10 most holy cow moments. That dude, 
he changed. Like he just changed. So he went for coffee. He went for well, right there and right there in front of us in the clinic. That dude, he didn't look the same. Like he was just a different color, different posture. Everything was different about that guy. Like like that. Like it was just like that. I I was because I don't really believe in super hocus pocus. I'm a very practical guy, unfortunately. I like to see things, but this guy, he just changed, man. Three months later, well, within two weeks, the tumor was gone. You could, like, his stomach completely shrunk. Three months later, he went back to his oncologist, and the guy said, you were misdiagnosed. And he says to my teacher, he says, they say I was never had cancer. Why did they put that stint in my stomach? So was that such a dramatic <laughs> shift in his psyche? That- yeah, what happens is the reality is it changes his chemistry. Because he thinks that much more profoundly, it releases his immune function, and his immune function took care of the problem. We don't cure cancer. We don't cure cancer. People go through cancer if they're fortunate, and the immune system comes back online and fixes it. We don't cure cancer. We help people go through cancer. Wow. So the key, is it to shift someone psychologically to, to shift whatever ailment is in the body? Acupuncture moves that chi. So it moves the air and the blood inside your body. That provides space. That space provides an opportunity to get perspective. That perspective can lead to different behaviors. That can lead to different body chemistry to a different body outcome. It's super cool. That is super, super cool. Okay, thank you, Ward. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a moment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com As Rena Rose Scott conducts several workshops every year, and she can bring them to you wherever you are. Visit Ezrena.ca or call 250-212-5596 for more information. Ezrena is an Access Consciousness Practitioner. Her popular workshops include Access Consciousness, The Bars, as well as workshops on money, body, and relationships. Ezrena's workshops can help you get unstuck and move forward in your life. Find out more or bring a friend along. Visit Ezrena.ca for more information or call 250-212-5596. Visit Ezrena.ca for information about counseling and body healing services. Ezrena is a master's therapeutic counselor registered with the Association of Cooperative Counseling Therapists of Canada. She has 10 years of counseling experience. She will work both in her office as well as via Skype or will travel to your area through her workshops. You can even schedule a session online. These sessions are one hour or 90 minutes long. Visit Ezrena.ca. Again, that's Azrina.ca. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Trauma Talk with Azrina Rose Scott. To reach our program today, you may call in to 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346-9141 If you'd rather send an email you can send it to Ezrina at Ezrina.ca Now, let's return to Trauma Talk. Okay, Ward. Um, I'd like to hear more and I, I'm thinking the audience would like to hear more about the correlation between emotions and the internal organs. Can you speak to that, please? 
So in specialized kinesiology, psychology, and Chinese medicine, there are people that have spent a lot of time correlating emotions to organs, muscles. Like I have a, I have a series of books at work. What is there, 600 muscles in the body, I think it is? And I have, a, I have a volumes of books at work that have every single muscle and what emotions will affect that muscle. It's it's intense. It's I actually trained with the people that wrote the book. Wow! And uh, it's intense. And then uh, you know Louise Hay is a very famous person who recently passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, heal your body. How to heal your How to heal your body. Yeah. There's other much more ones. You know Gabor Mate has talked about in his book when the body says no. Yes. And then in China, we have these ones. So we have lists and lists and lists of books in Asian medicine. Now the challenge is when you translate from one language to another language, especially Chinese to English, they're very difficult. Chinese is a very pictorial language and that picture means a lot of things. So I'm gonna say, for example, um, one of the most common ones we'll say is uh, liver. And uh, so your liver organ system, it's not the actual organ, but the liver organ system. So in Chinese medicine, that would include your eyes, your ligaments, uh, your flanks, uh, your liver organ, your gallbladder, uh, thyroid, um, oh, uh, um, some components of your hair, fingernails, so lots of things, right? Yeah. Which, again, when you translate it, sounds completely hokey, but it is what it is. Um, so the liver, generally, you'll hear people uh, in Chinese medicine talk about anger. So you're very angry all the time. Oh, your liver is very wiry. Your liver is very strong. You always have anger, 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 anger. And, you know, it's anger, rage, wrath, resentment, depression, but anger is also anger in the pit of your stomach. So anger is also in the stomach. So it's not exclusive. There, there's, some, there's some rollover in what I'm about to say. Okay. Uh, but quickly, uh, so I, sh- I start with this. So anger, what is the, you know, we spend so much time in the clinic with dictionaries. People say, I guess, what do you think anger means? It's yelling and screaming. No, that's, that's not anger. Anger is the chemistry. If you tell somebody, if you cross this line and you cross that line, I'll punch you in the nose. If they cross that line and you actually punch them in the nose, you actually strike them, the, um, the chemistry from the emotion of anger is what motivated your muscles to move through space and hit that person. Anger is the chemical, the emotion we use to enforce our barriers physically. Wow, anger is a good thing then, isn't it? Used appropriately. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's the key. Rage. Rage is when you lose it, man, and you just turn on every muscle in your body and you give her. And I'll tell you, if you're in a wheelchair out there, folks, you want to get out of that wheelchair, rage. Rage will get you out of that wheelchair. Rage is the only emotion, in my experience, that will get you out of that wheelchair. However, love is the only emotion that will keep you out of that wheelchair. And I have done this over and over and over. So right. get you out and keep you out. Right? So you got to be able to move through your emotions. Moving through your emotions is very important. So anger, so liver, anger, um, um, uh, so the heart system, joy. Joy, um, um, joy is love turned inward. So the easiest way to explain joy to people, because people don't know what emotions are. Mm-hmm. They, they're so they watch television. They think that I don't know the Kardashians. That's how you have emotions. I don't know. Well, and, and a lot of people I find in my field is that they they don't know how to identify emotions. So oh. if they don't know how to identify, how are they going to express it? So here's joy for you, folks. Uh, you need about a three-year-old, a two-year-old that can't quite talk yet, preferably yours. And they run up to you when you come home from work and they give you a crazy big hug and you mm. feel this really weird sensation in your chest. That's joy. Mm. That's the emotion of joy. Love turned inwards is joy. Okay. Um, um, 
so I'll, I'll spleen. But uh, I also forgot to say, so like in Chinese medicine, I also hear him said uh, liver is also called wood, the wood element. But mm-hmm. So spleen, the organs of spleen, stomach, pancreas, they're all the uh, worry. Technically, the more accurate word is pensiveness or thinking too much. Uh, worry is a very poorly chosen word. The word worry means to chew at the neck until dead. Uh, wolves worry sheep. Dogs worry a bone. But in modern language, worry means think over and over and over. And the problem with worry is um, it's too close to your um, satiety center in your brain. So when you think worry, your brain fires up and thinks you're actually doing something. So there's no impetus to get off of worry. But it demolishes your blood. You use a lot of blood when you worry in your brain. And that blood should be running your stomach. So you have very poor digestion. So worry is something you have to get over. And, and the best book in the world for that is uh, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living by Dale Carnegie. It's, everyone should own that book. Because modern society, uh, advertising has learned that if we keep lighting us up, the boogeyman's coming, Trump's going to blow up something, somebody's going to blow up something, We're somebody's already blowing worry. up something. We feed worry and, and then... Uh, is that why a lot of people have indigestion? For sure. The two reasons people have indigestion is they when you eat... So one of the biggest health tips I can give you quickly is when you eat, eat like your great-grandparents. And don't watch TV while well, you're eating. don't work, don't read, don't watch TV and don't work. The reason is you don't have enough blood to run your limbs, your brain, and your stomach. And your stomach will just turn off, food will rot, and you'll have a lot of problems. You just can't work or read or watch TV when you eat. There's not enough blood to run you. The body hasn't changed enough with the new modern technology. Um, lungs, lungs, grief, guilt, regrets. You know, you find me a lung cancer patient and I'll find you some grief, guilt, and regrets. Um, um, bladder, insecurity. You know, I got so scared I peed myself. That's insecurity, right? And then there's other reasons, you know, prolapsed organs, uh, can cause a lot of bladder uh, problems. So just cause you, if a person has bladder leakage at an older age, doesn't mean they have insecurity. They could just have a prolapsed organ, which goes back to digestion. Yeah. Incontinence. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, what organs did I miss? Fire, earth, metal. Pancreas, spleen. Uh, pancreas, spleen. That's all worry, pensiveness. Okay. Uh, kidneys. Oh, kidneys. Kidneys, kidneys yeah. is uh, obviously the biggest one. Sorry. Anxiety, fear, dread, foreboding, you know, panic attacks, uh, heart palpations, uh, insomnias. You know, uh, you can't live on adrenaline, folks. Uh, I you, tried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, the, all of us uh, ectomorphic, skinnier people, we all live on adrenaline, and uh, it doesn't work out. Like, it's fun for a while. Oh, it's a blast. It's a, it's a hit, yeah. Um, you know, you have arthritis. You know, if you have uh, osteoarthritis, you have kidney weakness. You know, you have, you have anxiety weakness. You have too much adrenaline in your body. So what does that do? Like, well, I was telling Isrina, so in Chinese medicine, there's a funny thing. You have these three treasures, qi, which is the energy in your blood, uh, shen, which is all the compilations of your personalities, your different types, you know, your compassionate personality, your, your thinking personality, all these different personalities, and then jing. And jing is this magical substance that, again, all Chinese people will argue about, but jing is this magical substance you inherit from your parents. So when your parents uh, egg and sperm meet, something magical happens, somehow a baby's born, and the baby's born with life. So somebody somewhere gave that baby life, energy. Life is energy. We call it jing. And some people are born with a lot of jing. Some people are born with a very little amount of jing. So when you have a sick young baby, not enough jing. You need to give them herbs or some sort of treatments that give them more nutrition. Heat. Heat's a very simple one. Put a hairdryer on their feet. Keep their feet warm. You know, simple things. But the problem is, like all good times, they run out. And jing generally ends somewhere in the 40s. So it's this great saying in Chinese medicine, you live on your inheritance till 40, then you live on what you earn. 
which means your energy. So you'll see people, diseases are getting younger and younger. Like I never used to see cancer patients in the teens or 20s or five-year-olds like I, like I do now. But, um, or oh, some of the diseases, I mean, I have people coming with uh, thyroid disease in their 20s. I mean, it's just unheard of 30 years ago. I just, maybe it wasn't documented, but I never saw it. And what's happening is uh, generally people used to get sick in 40s and 50s. People just die in their 50s. You know, when you hit 50, you just, your friends just start dying. That's because they're not rejuvenating their energy. They haven't earned. They haven't earned their money back, so they're, <laughs> they're deficient, you know. And, you know, emotional wellness, if you're tired, hungry, how's your emotional wellness? Mm, and then okay. you think about how is your overall immune function? You know, I don't watch commercial television. I haven't watched television for a long time. And, and so I watched a TV show with our daughter because we're getting her ready for middle school. We want to expose her to advertising and how people uh, bombard you with messages to make people feel inadequate and all that kind of mumbo gumbo. So we're watching a commercial. And what I was surprised was they are all about um, medicines, fast food, and uh, uh, beautification products. Mm. And, uh, you know, I was just shocked that, hey, you've got this problem, take this pill. You've got this problem, take this pill. you got this problem, take this pill. Most of those pills are modulating your brain's chemistry. They're not modulating your body. So they're not changing your body's function. They're turning off the blinky light in your brain saying, hey, you've got this problem. So then the physical body will start to manifest more and more disease. Right, okay. And that disease will actually make its own chemistry, which will get in your blood system, which will mess with you. So when you do acupuncture, does the energy move through the body to eliminate the the generation of disease? Yes and no. So uh, acupuncture can do a lot of things from, from just straight relaxing muscles, turning on organs, turning down organs. Um, like turning down the kidneys? Making them, so, yeah. Okay, so less adrenaline. Less is, adrenaline, uh, calming secreted. the kidneys, calming the liver function, you know, diarrhea, calming the bowel function, the constipation, mm-hmm. turning up the bowel function. Uh, a weak leg, turning more blood flow down the leg to help heal the leg. I practice a, a specific style of acupuncture. We're very interested in turning on their immune function. I think the answer is in people. I don't think the answer is in my clinic. I don't think the answer is in a bottle. I think the tools are in my clinic. I think the tools are in the bottle. But the, the answer is in the person's immune function. So how I like to think of acupuncture for, say, a, an emo- so a depressed person comes to me. I'm going to take a long history What's going on? Like anxiety person, a neuro- whatever, whatever it is. I, I, I had a four-year-old in yesterday for anxiety. And man, I hadn't seen a four-year-old like that for a long time. And I actually sent them to you because they, they're just, they just <laughs> need a distance treatment, you know, but they're, they're not taking acupuncture right yet. But when I, so a depressed person comes, trust me, they don't just have depression if they're making it to me. They have depression. They have constipation, they have high blood pressure, they have this pill, they haven't slept in a year, They whatever it is. And that has to make a pattern. I have to treat that pattern. And then that pattern, I'm going to try to, I'm going to, try to strengthen what makes them feel safe. I'm going to try to diminish what makes them feel unwell. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to move the chi, the blood, through their body to break up this chemistry. Stagnation causes problems. Right. Movement causes health. Whether that's dance, tai chi, moving yoga, moving something, move, move, move. You know, if you go to around the world, I've been lucky to go to quite a few countries, and you see people move. They move much better than here. Mm. We're very stuck. These chairs are very bad for us. Throw your chairs away and get cushions, but that's not going to happen. But the acupuncture is stimulating collagen fiber, which makes a little electric spark, which goes to a nerve. The nerve goes to the brain or an organ. It turns something on. It releases a hormone or a chemical. 
and then it goes in the blood and it changes the tissue. People think acupuncture is very woo-woo. Acupuncture is very scientific nowadays. There's some acupuncture still very hard to explain. But like I say, if the U.S. military is using it, someone thinks it works somewhere. And and you know, Ward, sometimes, well, often what I do when I work with my clients um, in helping them heal trauma is I refer them to you after a session because whatever comes up in the body, I encourage them to get acupuncture to move that chi through the body and just expedite the whole healing process. The problem that I'm I'm hearing from clients is that they're afraid of needles. Ah, excellent point. Yeah. Or so, pins. Pin, yeah, pins. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's different styles of acupuncture in the world. There's a lot of acupuncture. So I do stuff from Japan. I mean, uh, I, I've done it to you know six-week-old babies. I've done it to 100-year-old people. I've done it to people in every state of health and illness. Uh, it doesn't feel much. Uh, but for sure, traditional Chinese acupuncture in China hurts like hell. And the patient has to, well, it's not hurts. It's a sensation. We, ha- we don't have enough words for pain in English. Right. So it never hurts. Pain is never Never accept pain in any therapy treatment. You can accept sensation. You can accept strong sensation. But if you accept pain, your body will your body will say, hey, this is a bad thing. Yeah, your body's actually telling your you. Your mind can justify it. But your body will say, no way. And that will screw up treatment. So, yeah, folks. And there's also, you, know, you can put on Korean hand therapy tax, which don't penetrate the body. There's seeds. There's lots of things you can do with a Chinese acupun- doctor, Chinese acupuncturist, Japanese it doesn't involve needles. Don't don't worry about it. And I remember after um, my when I got rear-ended years ago, I went to see Ward, and I was so emotional after getting the neuro assessment that I just I was sobbing. And I think you put what fifty dots on me, yeah. <laughs> those little stickers, yeah. and then you put this ointment on me, yeah. and I'm and I calmed down quite. Because I didn't think you were suitable for actual acupuncture that day, so I used yeah. these Korean hand therapy tacks, which don't actually penetrate your body, but they do still stimulate the points. They still stimulate the point. Yeah, it was it was amazing how quickly I had calmed down. Um, it was amazing how quickly all that emotion surfaced. Yeah. But the reality had hit me. Um, I'd been focusing on the physical ailments, and I completely overlooked the psychological piece. And that's where acupuncture is quite miraculous. You know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? But acupuncture, or Chinese medicines, and other therapies for sure can help move it along easier. Mm-hmm. So. Just let's let's finish up the episode with explaining a little bit about tai, uh, the the chi and how it how it moves through the body. So like these, it's energy. It's well, it's the energy of air. So it's in it's the, when you breathe in, the air goes in your lungs. The lung perfuses into the air perfuses into your blood, and then it goes through your body. That's the chi. That's okay. the best way. Now there is other kinds of chi. Do yourselves a favor. That's the one to think about. The chi everyone's talking about floating through the universe, floating through you is air. Air keeps you alive. Without air, you're in big trouble. Right. Okay. So fantastic perspective, Ward. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your experience. And uh, I really appreciate you being on Trauma Talk today. And uh, audience, I hope you'll tune in next Tuesday. Uh, We'll have a physiotherapist talking about Uh, the attachment, and uh, the effects of trauma on the nervous system. Okay, have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening to Trauma Talk with Ezrina Rose Scott. Be sure to tune in to the program again next Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, make this week your best.